You're listening to Amplify Art's Alternate Currents interview series. Alternate Currents opens space for conversation, discussion, and action around national and international issues in the arts that have a profound impact at the local level. This interview series is just one part of the Alternate Currents blog, a dedicated online resource linking readers to topical articles, interviews, and critical writing that shine a spotlight on artist-led policy platforms, cross-sector partnerships, and artist-driven community change. Visit often and join the conversation at amplifyarts.org backslash alternate currents. We recently sat down with John Kohorst and Holly Cranker, Amplify's 2019 Public Impact Grant recipients, to talk more about their project, Cargo, a shipping container they modified to accommodate anything from group meetings to creative studio space. Originally conceived as a gathering place to exchange ideas, have conversations, and collaborate on neighborhood-based initiatives, John and Holly talk about the pandemic's impact on the project, adapting to the unexpected, and welcoming people into the space in 2022 with an open call for collaborators. Uh, my name is John Cohorst. I live here in Omaha, Nebraska. I'm originally from Topeka, Kansas. And my background is as a ceramic artist. Um, I've assisted artists and been working in the ceramics field for roughly 15 years. So uh, that's my background and have a some background in museum art handling. Good job. <laughs> uh, my name is Holly Cranker. Um, I've been in Omaha about 13 years or so, and in that time I've mostly worked as an arts administrator and artist assistant, uh, running an artist studio um, and fabricating works. So I'm an artist myself. I'm practicing artist, um, but most of my time is spent on the admin side of things. Um, I'm also from Kansas. Uh, my education is really seated in illustration and like graphic design and interior design. Um, but I like to think of myself now as a sculptor and working three dimensionally and uh, in my own personal practice. So you two have developed a pretty robust collaborative working process, uh, working practice as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? Can you talk about how your practices kind of complement one another um, and how you approach collaboration, particularly when you're making large scale, like public facing work? Yeah, I would say we've known each other 20 years and have been working on and off together in different projects and and I don't know, our practices have overlapped in different avenues. I would say this is by far, Cargo is by far the biggest collaborative public facing project we've ever done. Um, and yeah, definitely the, the biggest, uh, in terms of scale, but also just in terms of scope of it being more than I would say like a piece of work, you know, an object, an art object. Um, it's really a living, breathing thing that we've learned a lot from <laughs> in that process. Uh, and, you know, we'll continue to as it, it starts to unfold in the, its second kind of wave of life as we've completed the the build out and the fabrication of it. Yeah, totally. So Cargo was Amplify's 2019 Public Impact Grant Recipient Project. Um, can you give people uh, just sort of broad strokes idea of what cargo is, what you were thinking about, 
some of the challenges that you confronted um, while uh, uh, working on the project and where the project is now? Sure. So cargo was has been an idea that I've had for a while, uh, just thinking about shipping containers and wanting to figure out a way to repurpose a shipping container. Um, so the sort of original idea that we were playing with was to make a mobile studio space or a mobile gallery space that people could uh, bring to their neighborhood, bring to their local park, sort of a way to bring the arts to the greater community uh, and bring it to a site specifically. And so that was sort of the original idea of it. But then COVID happened and the idea of having multiple people in an 8 by 20 shipping container sort of didn't make sense anymore. Uh, so, you know, the idea has, has transformed in a little bit in that now we're trying to figure out, you know, how to present cargo so that it's it's still usable by many people, but maybe doesn't necessarily involve having everyone inside of it. So potentially using it as sort of a home base for uh, an outdoor workshop or I still think that a private studio or a, a small scale studio could work for someone, but the idea of a gallery seems hard at this point with, with the space restrictions. So I guess that's sort of uh, some of the challenges that we're facing is like how to repurpose this idea that we originally had and, and figure out new and creative ways that we can um, present it. Yeah, I would say, yeah, it really started with, I mean, the idea of taking a shipping container and rehabbing it into, you know, a second life is not a new idea, but it's not something that we've seen really um, take hold, I think, in the city of Omaha. It's starting to subtly, I think, over the last few years and um, for us to maybe create a model for other artists to be thinking about how you can take this on yourself and really make it a DIY project. And we're going to be the guinea pigs to kind of share that experience. I think that is really kind of how it shifted too, in terms of how COVID and the pandemic impacted what we hope to be really public facing, really engaged, um, active location, quote unquote. Um, we really had to take a step back and think about how do we share the process so that it becomes, it becomes more of like a tool or an opportunity for other folks to kind of see like not only the successes, but like some of the struggles of like what it means to do this on your own, you know, just the two of us and maybe some friends helping along the way. Um, so now as things are sort of lifting and shifting, we're thinking about how do we, we bring in collaborators? How do we bring in folks now? Um, what has the last two years, you know, done for a lot of people or impacted you that you might think about your own practice a little bit differently? Um, and how can cargo, supplement that or be a part of it um so kind of bridging those two ideas together now is kind of like the new iteration of where we are yeah that's interesting it seems like kind of the central notion or the central tenets of the project haven't changed that much you still want to bring people in you still want to welcome people into cargo 
um, and and help others find useful ways to interact in, with the space. Um, can you talk about that process a little bit and what it means um, after having worked on this huge build out? Um, you've made this this really um, incredible space with your own two hands. What does it mean to um, invite other people into it and give up a degree of control or authorship in the in the process? Well, I think it's been a long wait. I think we're really excited and, and ready to see like what other ideas and um, voices and thoughts and, you know, collaboration can come out of that because I think, you know, you're kind of stuck in your own head about what you think it can be and that invitation for someone else to come with a new idea or a new project, um, perhaps something we've not even considered is really exciting. And we're like ready to see that happen and ready for that to, to get started. And I think that was also part of the root of the idea of wanting to do something like this is creating a vessel that can carry on a different life and have a different kind of presence than our like hand and mark with it. It, you know, it can kind of evolve and change with, each person who engages it or occupies it or activates it, whatever that word looks like. Yeah. For myself, I think part of the enjoyment of the, is the process for me. I enjoy that build out and that sort of problem solving of making it. So when that part is complete, I'm, I feel excited to let someone else then use it for their vision because that's been the idea all along is that it's going to be something that other people use. So my part's done. I I feel (laughs) like I'm ready for other people to use it. I feel good about it. I've set it up as best I can. I think we have set it up as best we can think about to make it user friendly and to make it easy for other people to operate and see how their creative juices flow in the space. Yeah, and I think with that engagement will come, you know, feedback and adaptation and, like, how, you know, we can make it better for the next person to use it, too, and more accessible or where the location is, where it it gets, you know, taken to next. Right, yeah, turn it out, turn it it loose out into the world. Um, so what, what do you, what do you think now in particular? What do you think now is, is the right time? And why do you think Omaha is the right place for a project like Cargo to make this sort of, um, mobile, adaptable working space accessible to artists across a bunch of different, different disciplines? Well, I think it's interesting reflecting on the last two and a half, whatever plus years of, you know, thinking about shipping containers. There was a whole conversation about, you know, all of our, all of our stuff is left on shipping containers on ships in the ocean. And, um, that has a lot to do with, I mean, that is like a, a part of this conversation about sustainable practices and making, making something other, you know, like creating something out of something else and re- repurposing, um, finding a new life in this vessel. And I think that's always going to be important, at least for my practice. It's really important about um, recycled materials or recycled um, elements and parts. And I think that's, yeah, timeless, if that's possible, (laughs) to be able for me to think sustainably about my practice in that way. And I'd hope that Omaha is on a trajectory to be thinking about that as well and for 
um, I think especially for artists in this community in Omaha specifically, you know, space is really important. Being in the Midwest, I think it's a skewed perspective about space and having access to space as an artist who needs or requires space to make work. Um, it's getting really hard to find real estate, you know, that's affordable and spaces to um, invest in for yourself and your practice. And so I think it's important to do as much for yourself as you can and for, you know, your community and your others. So, you know, your practice to be able to, to make a space um, that, that we've tried to show as an example, like, how much it costs, like what is involved, how much, you know, sweat equity and labor is involved with it. Um, and to make that really transparent and to show like what, what's needed. I mean, obviously having the support and resources from Amplify made this possible. And so for someone to maybe walk into cargo and see this space and be inspired to do that for themselves is I don't know. I think that's going to be really exciting for us to see. I mean, that's a hope for me also is just that if we can do it, <laughs> just us two can do it. Like, how do you set yourself up for success to be able to do something really similar? And maybe it's not the exact same project, but it can plant a seed for um, others to be able to create a space that's like that and accessible uh, for for different people to access it because I, I do feel and have seen over the last almost what decade and a half that the the real estate landscape is is getting quite competitive and challenging and as someone who as an artist requires space to make the work I do it's it's critical it's it's necessary to have that to be able to do what I do I also think that Omaha is an appropriate place for it because, you know, being a Midwesterner, I think that there's a history here of, of adaptation and reuse that, you know, my grandparents lived in Kansas and were depression era people. And that history of reuse is there in that generation of people. And, and then I feel like that, sort of went by the wayside at some point and then has hopefully is now sort of coming back around and and projects like this make me feel connected to my roots of that background as a midwesterner so i feel like there's a there's a connection in that way as well to to what we're doing with cargo yeah, that's a good point. And thinking about that reuse cycle, that's a, that's a good segue into asking about another kind of central tenant of the project, um, which is taking to an, taking into account its, its ecological footprint and how you've worked with, um, or, or how you've, you've tried to mitigate that footprint in a lot of different ways. Like, can you talk about Cargo's, um, reevaluation of that idea that bigger is always better? Mm, yeah. Sure. In in regards to, you know, the sustainability aspect of cargo, it it's not like a a zero waste product by any means. It, you know, there is definitely things that we had to buy for it. Um in an ideal world, we would have been able to recycle 
as much as possible. And we were able to recycle a significant amount of, of materials for the build out, but for our ease and for, you know, insulation purposes and, and different factors, we had to purchase things and pay for things and buy new things. So hopefully we're paying it back by creating a, a, a self-sustained unit that now can be somewhat sustainable moving forward, whereas it's going to be reusable for a long period of time. It's not pulling from the grid. It does need to be transported around. So there is another aspect of, of not a net zero, but you know, we're trying to think about ways to keep those, those, uh, totals low. Um, yeah, I think it's about also just taking something. I, I think thinking even deeper, like, a little conceptually more so about the vessels that are used to store and ship uh, all of our goods and products and things that we buy from all over the world to bring to us becomes retired, quote unquote, and therefore thrown away. And to receive it, you know, when we've purchased the shipping container, it's there's really nothing wrong with it. Like it could still be used and function, but to think this is one of millions and millions and millions of these things that have been fabricated um, and used, uh, you know, across the planet, um, it becomes such a small, tiny, like part of like a bigger conversation. But to know that something like this rectangle box can be used to create something else uh, is just kind of like a tipping point. I feel like it's it's just the start of something to be thinking deeper about your personal impact, your footprint. Um, you know, John mentioned it being off the grid. Like we have installed solar panels in the hopes to, you know, be able to power what you need to. But then again, also challenge who's ever in that space to think about their own practice in, in terms of how much space do you need? How much technology do you need? How much of certain things do you need to um yeah, make work, think about your work. Um, so it's a little bit of push and pull, I think, in, in that conversation about sustainability or, um, yeah, renewable resources. I think that it's a very, um, like, on-point exercise in, in thinking in terms of, like, you have access, we all have access to these resources, the solar panels and, like, recycled materials. Like, how do you use the tools you have to like research about them and employ them and put them into, into use. And the, the fact that it's powered by solar, your battery bank in the container is only so big. So it, it does make you conscious of how you're using energy um, in a very real way, because if you're wasting, then you don't have it for later. So it puts these kind of concepts of of use <laughs> into a very realistic and constrained environment. So I think that's a useful tool to, to help you sort of realize what your power consumption is and, and what your footprint actually is as a as a maker or whomever is using it, really. 
Um, and the idea that bigger is better, you know, I think that cargo challenges that in that it's asking the question of how much do you actually need? Can you make what you need to make in this eight by 20 shipping container? Does placement of the container play a role? Like how is that connection with nature then important to how you use the space? Is this, are you opening it up and this is just a small eight by 20 thing and your actual working space is nature outside? How are you positioning it to get the most sunlight possible to maximize your electricity for later on? So you're forced to interact with nature in a different way, even though this is a totally metal box, <laughs> it it does force you to look at nature in a different way. Um, if we kind of pull at that thread a little more, what do you think it means to make art in a time of climate change? And I guess the second part of that question is, do you think creative practice holds real potential to respond to systemic challenges, um, big systemic challenges like climate change, for example? For me, I think it's a hard concept for me to wrap my mind around of of systemic change. Like, I don't even know where that begins. The place where it begins for me is just with myself and how, how am I interacting with the world around me? So, like I just said, you know, this is forcing me to look at how I'm interacting with nature and how I'm using energy and my consumption as an American, what that looks like. So I think that art practice does help with that because it it can force you to look at at your own self in a way. Um, I think it's really hard to have an art, as an artist, to, speaking for myself here, (laughs) it's hard as an artist to try to, influence a systemic change it's you have to influence yourself and hopefully these small little incremental steps of of uh, discovery if you will that that will in the long run influence the bigger picture so i think it is important to have, have creativity out there doing giving people these examples of of what that looks like but I don't know what it means for a system to change. <laughs> yeah, I would say the, this is like a, a, a step that I hope many people, you know, with many hands <laughs> can, can make a movement or like make those changes and be more self-aware about their own needs. Um, I mean, I go back to the, the, the goods on the shipping containers. It's just like, you know, how much of that was really necessary? How much of that stuff do we actually need? Um, and, you know, climate change has been a conversation my entire life. I think everyone of our age and then some has always been present. And it's um, it's something that's going to require at so many levels. And I think even in terms of like art practices, but creative work in general, it's it's about consumption. It's about um, how that information's shared, how that work is shared, how it's 
you know, souls. I mean, there's so many layers to like how you unpack a creative practice, an industry, a sector, like all of it. There's so many layers there. But I think to John's point of like, it starts with you as an individual really evaluating your own, your own presence on the planet, your own footprint, your own needs and how hopefully by actions that are positive for yourself, others in the climate in no particular order, <laughs> like can really improve quality of life and, and be able to um, give back and nurture in ways that, you know, this is like a small, tiny project, but we hope that from it, many things that we can't foresee yet can can be uh can be a result and can happen so yeah for sure do do you think there are things that arts organizations in omaha um could do more effectively to shore up artists or support artists who are uh you know making work in response to these kind of like big systemic issues big systemic challenges I think, I mean, you know, just to, to really um, speak highly of Amplify, like these types of projects where artists need resources and in a, in a city and a state where, you know, I'm going to say art is not a huge priority in our, in our, in our funding opportunities or in, in, um, ingrained in the advancement of quality of life that when you have organizations like Amplify trust artists enough to be able to say, here's an opportunity with some parameters, here's some funding, here's our network of resources and our staff support. Um, what can you do? Like, what can you, what can you produce? Like that is incredibly important. Um, it's invaluable. Otherwise, like what we're doing would not have even happened in the conversations that we've had over the last two years in developing the project and the partnerships with, you know, other organizations, with other artists, you know, those that we've never even talked to before who were interested in this project, like all of that's come out of a collaborative opportunity. And I think that that becomes meaningful. Those are support systems that artists really need, you know, resources, networks of individuals, because I think every, every person brings to the table something to offer that, you know, like ourselves, we, we don't have all the answers. We don't know exactly how it's going to work, but we know those that want to engage this project are like slightly interested or, you know, this has piqued their interest to want to dive in with us. I think from that, um, yeah, some really meaningful opportunities and hopefully change can come from that. Yep, I agree. So Cargo's going to be out and about pretty soon. Can you talk about what's next and maybe where people can go to find you? Can we do that anyway? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, we're excited to officially launch our public engagement I would say we call that quote unquote engagement <laughs> for the first time uh later this spring summer 2022 so we have an open call for collaborators to the Amplify website 
So you can go there and check under the public impact grant recipients for cargo. Um, we've also been sharing videos that we've put together uh, about the process. So if there's questions about the process, um, it's a great way to see some of that and then to connect with us. We're right now on Instagram, just sharing some of those process um, videos and photos and talking about kind of the real nuts and bolts and dirty, gritty part of, you know, the fabrication side of things. Um, but we will be launching calls, yeah, calls for collaborators and hopefully put together a calendar soon. So if you have ideas, um, you can reach us through social media, like Instagram's great. Um, you can connect us with us through Amplify. Peter can definitely share our contact info. Um, but yeah, right now it's like tentative by May. So ha- hopefully, you know, when the weather's warmer and people want to be outside a little bit more um yeah we'll start kicking it off that's super exciting can't wait yeah i'm really excited for sure (laughs) well thanks so much for sitting down taking the time to talk we appreciate it you're both wonderful well thank you thank you peter Peter. you've been on this journey with us uh almost three years and we Learned so many things and it has been an evolution of a project that has been really layered and really telling and really informing. And that's only just been the fabrication side. And I think now the fun, real fun, most fun, more fun will begin when we have, you know, some new, some new friends to join us and have some cool ideas to, to start activating it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, John. Thank you, Holly. Um, We're going to sign off.